and we're back to another illustrious episode of Before the Three Count. I'm your host, the unnamed host, aka uh, the ghosts of Christmas past. Um, (laughs) (laughs) the the ghost of Christmas future. (laughs) I need some chains. Oh, actually, hold up. I've got chains. There we go. I don't know if y'all can hear that, but uh, (laughs) that's me rocking some chains that happen to be in the garage for some reason. There you go. Workout chains. Uh, no, no. They're actually from, um, the chandelier that we bought. Oh, you're not They're getting like some excess? you know, like, uh, do you ever see those photos of, uh, Vince, uh, working out and he's, like, covered in chains? Yes! Those, like, giant, like... Yeah. Uh, I want to call them, like, train track. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but it was, like, for, like, like, uh, like, men's fitness or men's health or something. One of those, like, fitness magazines. Yeah, I think it was Muscle and Fitness. There you go. Yeah, like I want to say a decade decade ago. Yes, that's like, it was like the last time he was like in decent looking shape. Yes, yeah, I think it might have even been over a decade ago at this point. Okay, yeah, um, a little over. He's probably on his last cycle. No, I think he's still cycling till till today. Nah, he looked terrible that match against at WrestleMania. Yeah, but think about how old he is. Was he mid seventies? I think so. Yeah, let me. Uh, we've got the Google machine right here. Okay. Vince McMahon age. According to Wikipedia, McMahon had two sons with his. He's first seventy-seven wife. years old. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, I guess see what uh, Lou Ferrigno looks like these days, and then I'll compare him off of uh, Vince. I-, I heard Lou Ferrigno actually looks pretty good still. Yeah, he's probably the same, roughly the same age too, in his mid seventies. Um, maybe Lou Ferrigno age. He's seventy. Okay, all right, yeah, he's a little younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, I, I guess if Louie is in good shape, then at that time Vince had no. Uh, and don't forget, you're saying if this was like more than a decade ago, Vince was probably in his sixties then. Yeah, 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 Vince. I, I think it was probably when he was sixty. Okay, yeah. So uh, if he's still cycling at this age, he needs to get off of it then. It's not really <laughs> any wonders for him. I mean, other than like making his eyebrows get longer. <laughs> I don't know. For a seventy-seven-year-old man, he didn't look that bad. Uh, I don't know, my friend. Uh, he looked a little rough. I mean, everything's relative. Uh, I mean, how many 77-year-olds you know that look great? Uh, that, uh, I don't know. I gotta, like I said, see how, 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 you know, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Sting's, what, 60-something? So he's getting to the 70s. We haven't seen Sting without a shirt in 20 years. This is true. This is true. <laughs> This is true. Yeah, I was say, in a tank top. I was gonna say I remember him wearing the last time the singlet was like the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, yeah. With the you know his OG Crow's uh, gimmick. Yeah, exactly. Stig is sixty three. Okay. Oh, I guess the little Billy Gunn. Yeah, Billy Gunn is. Um, he's on another level. 
<laughs> Which uh, did you see or hear about um, the DX reunion on Raw? I think this was two weeks ago. Nope. Okay. Well, number one, there was a DX reunion on Raw two weeks ago. Okay. But uh, what I found interesting, I just read this yesterday. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess WWE had reached out to AEW to try to get Billy Gunn on the show. Okay. And uh, from the reports I read yesterday, AEW agreed to it. Their their only condition was they wanted WWE to say, this is Billy Gunn from AEW. Oh. And okay. WWE wouldn't do it. Oh, okay. I'm... Uh... Yeah, I can see like if there's a compromise, like say like this, uh, had him wear like, um, like a t-shirt or something with like, like AEW t-shirt. <laughs> no, but not like a big, you know, like on like the, you know, right side of his like shoulder, or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like even have him like wear like a, a armband. Uh, yes, yeah, says AEW. I can see that's like a compromise. You know. Mm. That must have sucked for him. All his boys. Yeah, yeah I, I feel for him. Yeah. But, right. you know. Especially because, you know, when you're in that age, like, you know, you get a chance to get together with your boys and, like, do a cool thing. Like, you know, who knows how many more opportunities there will be for that. Exactly. But, you know, in the world of wrestling, pettiness does exist. It does. It does. But I, when I found that out, or when I read that yesterday, I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. I... I I feel like that would have been good business for both companies. So what did this segment actually entail? Honestly, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, okay. All right. And, uh, so I'm not too sure. Uh, okay. I, actually, I can't even say segment. Um, I think like the whole show was about them. Okay. Because I did see the opening um, and it's Triple H in the back with Michaels, Road Dog, and X-Pac. And Triple H was trying to explain to them like, all right, guys, like, you know, we, we had fun back in the day, but this is a new day and age. Like, we can't be. And then they started swearing and, like, you know, it all got bleeped out. Okay. But, like, it was like the old DX skits. So, this is our reunion. Is it because it's, like, full, like, that, that certain date? This is when they formed or something? 25 years. But is that, like, the date that, like, when Michaels and Triple H formed the group? Is I that what they're going so. off? Oh. I think that's what it was based off of. Yeah. Okay. All right. They, yeah, uh, that sounds right, because Michaels lost the belt, what, in 90... Oh, all right, we got to go back to the Google machine. Okay. Because I'm like, when was WrestleMania 14? Because I feel like WrestleMania 14 was 98, and if so, yeah. then that all makes sense. Okay. WrestleMania 14. All right. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania 14, March 29th, 1998. Okay. 19,000 people. That's crazy. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the segment was, uh, you know, well, ent- oh, not segment, but the whole episode was entertaining. I want, I'd be curious if they, uh, after you watch it, you know, let, you know, let us know uh, next week if they also, you know, acknowledge, you know, China and all that as well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I read that uh, tri- um, X-Pac mentioned her name. I don't know in what fashion. Okay. But I, I did read that he had mentioned her name. Oh, uh, and also if they did mention Billy Gunn's name as well. Yeah, I'm curious if they mentioned Billy Gunn or even Rick Rude. Oh, yeah, because he was briefly uh, in DX as well. That's yeah, he was part of the original. Yeah, there was no war. Yeah. 
And then he did the the crazy being on Monday Night Raw and Monday Nitro at the same time. Called the Lex Luger effect. Right? Uh, Even bigger than the Lex Luger effect, though, I would say, because Luger wasn't on both at the same time. He was on one one week, then the other the next week. No, no, that was how uh, Nitro, he was on the Nitro episode and Raw. Was he on? I feel like he. I feel like Rude was the only one that was on both at the same time. So let's see. Uh, he was the original person that did that. Like it was oh. like the first uh, episode of Monday Night Nitro when they went. I think in the Mall of America. Yeah, they yeah. On that episode of like Raw's War. Let's see, I'm checking the Google machine now. Because I know Vince was not happy about that. Indeed, indeed. I can't really find any ex- any information on it, so I'm gonna take your word on this one. Word. I dig it. I dig it. You can probably find YouTube clips on it, and then they'll give them more of a in detail uh, description about it. Yes, yes. So yeah, we'll check that out. We'll report back on that next week. Yes. And uh, I'm trying to think where. Um, you know, especially during the Monday Night Wars, because we we haven't so much seen it now with the the new wrestling landscape. But during the Monday Night Wars, there were a lot of back and forth and surprise debuts. Uh, Medusa showing up with the WWF Women's Belt, throwing it in the trash on Nitro. Correct. Um, I'm trying to think who jumped from WCW to WWF. Uh, the only ones I can think of was the Radicals. Oh yeah, yep, yep. The radicals. I guess X Pac. Yes. Um, the when the new DX got formed. Yep. And he cut that legendary promo. Hulk Hogan said that I couldn't cut the mustard. Hulk Hogan, you couldn't lace my boots on your best day, buddy. I mean, still Hogan was more over. He's playing oh, butts yeah, to feet. I mean, Hulk Hogan's a legend. X Pac. Now nah, you're legend too. I feel like that's throwing that legend word around very lightly. If you call X Pac a legend, also, I want to put him on the same tier as le- like the you know the different tiers and legends. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Obviously, he's not, he's not on people's Rushmores, but you know what I'm saying. He a legend though. Okay, okay. Because I'm like Hogan was in Gremlins too. That is true. <laughs> that's like that that's legend right there like Xbox created his own heat he did create his own heat yeah not on purpose I don't think but no but you know how wrestling fans are finicky very true very true I uh I often think back to Brian Danielson when uh he was doing his um hippie gimmick in WWE okay and he was calling the fans fickle yep and like you just be like fickle Fickle! Uh, that plays in my head so often when I'm watching wrestling. <laughs> it is true. Uh, you know, especially AEW. Like, they'll be cheering someone one second and booing them the next or vice versa. I'm like, what? Like, what is even it? with Roman. What do you mean? Like, with Roman, they'll, like, cheer him on his entrance, then boo him, like... Actually, they'll cheer him on his entrance, cheer him when he says acknowledge me, and then whatever the next word out of his mouth is, like, they start booing Oh yeah, 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 you know people pop, but you know, easily, easily uh, stimulated in today's society. Very true, very true. 
And that bloodline entrance is fire. I mean, yeah. It is. Like the song, Roman's presence, like I, I yeah, like they, they talk about that it factor. Yep. When, when he comes out during that entrance, like that it factor just oozes off of him. Yep. You know, and then you got the Usos back there, like standing tall. Now you got Solo Sakua standing tall. And then Sami Zayn just living his best life, rocking out. <laughs> and then you got Paul Hammond. Yes, the wise man. Yep, yep. Is he the only one that's managing? Is, is that the only person he's managing? Is our uh, Reigns or anybody else? No, just Roman. Roman. Right. Tribal chief. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, in wrestling world, uh, last night was Halloween Havoc, uh, NXT. Word, taking, word. Taking the once WCW prestigious pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> yes. Title and uh, gimmicks. Uh, I caught half of it. Uh, but a decent amount of matches. Um, and was uh it, it was it was all right. It was a little mid, I was I would say. Uh the end match with uh Braun Breaker, the two UK guys, I'm just gonna say because one of the names I can't pronounce, but he does like the symphony entrance like uh Nakamura and then uh the other gentleman, I think he's from Scotland, uh, um McDonough, I believe his name is. Those okay. two uh triple triple threat match to close out the pay-per-view which is pretty it started off a little slow but then obviously it had this crescendo at the end uh, which was pretty pretty good it had a couple of decent false finishes I'm not a huge false finish false finish fan because after a while it cheapens like it's just like alright now you're just going for whatever the case you know one two kick out one two kick out one two kick out yeah but yep. the way that they did it was pretty decent so I give them their kudos for that but okay uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I can see also Julius, yeah, Julius Creed and Damon Kemp had that ambulance match. Oh yeah, how was that? It was, eh, it was mid. But I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, the Creed brothers need to stay as a tag team tandem for a while because um, you know, you know, Julius he can go in the ring, but after a while, yeah, I don't know, it was a little. Some boring spots. So I was like, yeah, uh, he, he needs to stay as a tag team here in Brutus for a while. Just to okay. stay stay fresh. I feel you. And the Creed brothers, they're legit brothers, right? Yes. So, I yeah, believe. I would think they would keep them together. Well, I mean, you also had the Steiner brothers. And, you know, Scott went off into a worldly, otherworldly run. But That's true. With, with, uh, but that was so much would, later. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess for us, it felt... They didn't feel much later, but they've been tag team since like AWA. So, in all grand scheme of things, yeah, it was much later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like that. That was so much later, like in their their run. Right. Like, the Creed brothers are just getting started. I feel like. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't know if they were trying to test the waters, you know, to have that kind of sort of a weird match because his brother was still in attendance. But yeah, it was just weird. I feel like only, only Damon Kemp is only one of him, and you say his brother Gable Stevenson is. Somewhat like rubbing folks the wrong way. I yeah, guess. they're souring on him big time. Really can't do anything with him, I guess. Yeah, and I was reading it. I was I was reading about it, and uh, they said just he, he's so far behind in development from where they thought he would be at this time. Right. 
And I'm like, I, I number one, I, I wonder, like, are they putting a lot of pressure on him to be the next Kurt Angle? They're like, Kurt Angle is like at this point right now, and why aren't you? Right. And, and number two, I, I have to wonder how how much of it is like, like with Kurt Angle, he was training at, at the WWE uh, headquarters in Stanford. Um, they would either have him trained there or they would sometimes have him train in Florida. But, like, after he trained for a little bit, he started wrestling shows in Memphis. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, he'd be, like, in the opening match, like, in front of crowds. But okay. just to, like, get that feel. I, I wonder if, like, training at the Performance Center, like, kind of hurts for uh, Gable Stevenson. One, like, there's so many people training there. Okay. Like when Kurt Angle was training at WWE headquarters, there were like four other people training there. It was like him, the Hardys, and like Edge and Christian, I think. And like okay. the Hardys and Edge and Christian were already like wrestling. Like this was just to learn the WWE style. Okay. Um, and by the way, somewhere on YouTube, there are videos of, of these training sessions, which is so crazy. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, they're like short clips, but it's like wild to see like Dory Funk uh, Jr in the ring with Kurt Angle and like the Hardys and like teaching them how to do hip tosses. <laughs> okay. Um, but, but yeah, I wonder if it's hurting Gable Stevenson. Like there's so many people training there and he's not getting any like time and really in front of a live audience. Like, does that, I don't know. Does that affect things? Yeah. And I'm curious how his brother was able to pick it up so quickly. He seemed to be struggling. If he well, seems to be the more athletic Person. To be fair, his brothers had more uh, direct training time. Because Gable Stevenson just graduated college this year. Oh, okay. And take so, his brother's older than him? Yeah, yeah, his brother's older. Okay. So they signed, like, both of them, like, two years ago, I think. Oh, okay. But, like, well, I mean, Gable you know, Stevenson's be, been, like, in college and the Olympics. Classes, then it's hard to, you know, train. Yeah. So it's a. That's why I'm like it might not be a fair comparison. Yeah, that's true. I'm curious how long they're gonna, you know, run that experiment for. Yeah, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see. And I wonder how does that impact Damon Kemp and his career. Yeah, well, they should put him in the tag team so he can still get his reps in, but let Damon do the, you know, heavy workout the two. That's what I would do. Yeah. Is he bigger than his than Damon? Like I've never seen like goes you like the same size. I've never seen Damon Kemp, so I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, you know, when you get a chance, you know, ch- jump on YouTube, see like a, a quick clip, then you'll get like a a better, I guess, estimate. Actually, I just pulled him up on the Google machine right now. Yep. This has him at six feet two twenty. And uh, let's see. I feel like that's pretty similar to Gable Stevenson because he didn't seem very tall to me. Okay. Uh, when I saw him, so let's see. They've got yeah. Oh well, they've got Gable Stevenson listed at six one two sixty. Okay. So right. sim- similar height, a yeah. uh, little different builds. You say two sixty and two fifty, both of them? No, no, two sixty for Stevenson. Damon Kemp, they say is two twenty. Oh, two twenty. Oh wow. Yeah. So forty pound difference. Okay. Okay, wow. He's almost 300 pounds. Okay. Right. All right, good, good, good. But, uh, yeah, like I said, then, uh, it might be a little too early to break up the Creed brothers. I say, you know, let them 
do their thing for a while. A couple more. <clears throat> Be one of the premier tag teams once they do get, you know, brought back, uh, brought up to the main. Uh, okay. Show. That's cool. Yep. Um, it's funny. They kept on showing Chucky. Uh, I guess they still ran the whole Chucky and Halloween Havoc. You know, tandem like they always did. That's hilarious. All the way from the Rick Steiner days. Yeah, like that's like that's hilarious. Does uh, I was gonna say, does Chucky and Braun Breaker have heat? Like, and that this particular one, I'll, but I don't think they meant like recognize it. But I won a Halloween Havoc NXTs. They briefly mentioned it, but yeah, that's so funny. Um, but I mean, it also doesn't hurt that both. The new Chucky series is also on, uh, you know, I think it's USA. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, so that doesn't hurt to have the OG actor do the voiceover in the doll. True, true. Okay. You know, for the show and, for, you know, for both people. Yeah. Uh, they also had uh, Mandy Moore going against, uh, I forget the other her challenger. Alba uh, Fire. Yes. We're up on the Google machine now. Well, she, like, kidnapped her. They did, like, a, a mini cinematic thing before they got into, like, the actual ring to have their match. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was so-so. Um, what else? Uh, highlights. Oh, uh, Apollo Creed against uh, uh, Grayson. Um, yep, Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller in a coffin match. How was that? It was mid. So-so. Um you know, it wasn't really too crazy. Uh, but you know, it was a solid, you know, Paul Creed, not Paul Creed, uh, Paul Crew, <laughs> uh, solid worker. Grayson, uh, he hasn't really, you know, I really got hip to him that much, you know, so he, he's a high, I guess. I got you. It's like a Billy Gunn slash Dolph Zigg- Ziggler type. Interesting. You know, he's just not. As big as those two. Okay, I got you. But that's not a bad comparison. I mean, those are two athletic, really good wrestlers. Exactly. But like I said, he's a, yeah. This is much smaller version of them. Even small. It's funny because I'm like Ziggles isn't that big. Well, he, I mean, he's big. He, if you saw Grayson Waller, he's he's bigger. Okay, I got you. And he, yeah. There was, oh, there was another uh, female match between, I can't remember either one of the competitors, but they had a decent match. Uh, it was like a weapons, no DQ, anything goals type match. Okay, okay. One of those just, uh... yeah, like you said, anything goes. Like, oh yeah, Roxanne Perez versus Cora Jade. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got to watch Roxanne Perez one of these days because um, I know she was in Ring of Honor um, and before that she was at Monster Factory and uh, that's actually I met her at Monster Factory and they made a big deal of her then oh okay uh, so I'm curious to, to check her out on NXT okay alright but yeah uh, what what were any other matches that I didn't because uh, those ones I caught halfway into the pay per view. All good. Uh, the only thing uh, you missed actually was a ladder match. Okay, who's the uh, competitors? It was uh, Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. Okay, Wesley 
Oro Mensa, Von Wagner with Mr. Stone, and Nathan Fraser. Oh, is this for the uh, U.S. title? Uh, North American, yes. North American, yeah, the one that Solo won, but they had to uh, vacate it since he wasn't on that show no more. Yeah, which I don't understand. <laughs> like, I feel like they had him win it so he could, like, one time do the Bloodline entrance. And that was it? Yeah. <laughs> or just keep him still strong. Yeah, I mean, it kept him strong, like, but I, I feel like it, it didn't make sense to me, like, if you're going to put it on him for just a week. Yeah, but, I mean, it could have been cool, though, because then, you know, you had, like, the Usos with their titles, Roman with their titles, and then, you know, you had him come down with his title. Right. Like, you know, that entrance, but... And they did it the one time. Yeah, very shortly. And, and it was fire. Like, I'm like, wow, like, look at that. And like, then, like, the next week, it's gone. I'm like, what? Well, you need for continuity. Yeah, I get it. But I'm like, I, I would have had Solo on both shows if I was running things. Yeah, do, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, have him dominate on NXT and be like, the bloodline runs WWE. Like, not just Raw, not just SmackDown, but the WWE. So I'm here at NXT as the North American champ to, to run things. And he could have the honorary Oost Sami Zayn come out with him. When does NXT film? When does NXT film? When, when are their tapings? They do live Tuesday nights. Okay. So he, that'd be a lot, though, for him if he was. You know, showing up on Raw on Monday night, then Tuesday night, and then, you know, house show, house show, then Friday night SmackDown. That's a lot. That is a lot. House shows are just the weekends now. Oh, okay. All right. So, but it okay, still be yeah. a lot because it's like Friday. If you think about it from the other perspective, think about it starting Friday SmackDown and then right. house show, house show, Monday oh, yeah. Raw, Tuesday, uh, NXT. NXT. But then yeah. you got Wednesday, Thursday off. So that's, yeah. it's, a, it's a five day work week. I wonder what they do on the off days. If they just eat and go to the gym, or I would imagine it's eat, hey, gym, laundry. Okay. Um, I mean, here's the thing: like the the schedule today is so easy compared to the old days. Relative? Um, What's that? Isn't that relative? Um, no, I'm not even gonna say okay. that's relative. I'm, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say the schedule is easier today because we just gave an example of, of what would be an extreme schedule, but no one's doing that schedule today. And what would that schedule be? The the one that they are doing. The, um, so it depends on the the show you're on, but but basically right now you're just doing a three day work week. Very few people are on both Raw and SmackDown. Oh, okay, so, now I get you. So you're either working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you're working Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay. But that's it. You've got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and one of the other days off. Okay. So that's why I'm like, it's a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think they they try to book the house shows near where the TV is going to be. Okay. So it's not like you've got to like travel super crazy far, like for the next thing. Okay. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see how they were playing that out. You know, with him doing multiple shows with NXT as the North American champ. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Since you said it was a ladder match with, with all those four competitors, uh, I definitely got to check it out. Obviously, I know it's gonna probably be a crazy spot fest, but hopefully, you know, there was they since Michaels was on the show, there was some substance to how they used the ladder. 
Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, I think they would. Yeah, the competitors' names, they, they can work. The only one... You said Von Wagner's in it, too? Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't got hip to him yet. Yeah, I haven't heard great things. Um, the last I remember hearing about him was when he was feuding with Kyle O'Reilly, which okay. clearly would have been a long time ago. Yes. Um, and they were saying, like, then, like, oh, like, Von Wagner's not ready yet. Like, they're like, oh, that. I think Cornette called him a puppy with big paws. Okay. Meaning he could grow into it, but, like, right, right now he's not there. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, big men, they're not limited, but they have a different microscope on them. You know what I mean? True, true. Uh, let's look at, uh, you know, Osmos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, great well, uh, nine. I, I think they dropped the ball with him, honestly. Oh, Kali? No, 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 with Osmos. Oh, I'm not. He's still got time to, you know, repackage himself. For sure. And I Just don't know at, if you... Uh, no, go ahead. Well, I was say, look what happened with um, Mark Henry. True, true. That epic run. Yeah. Like the... Because I think, what was the rumor? Vince signed him for like a mil a year. Then after that contract ended, they uh, re-signed up. And I think that's when his second wind gimmick came through with the House of Pain. Yeah, yeah. Because they were going to oh, let him go. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't really get a whole lot on their investment on the first no. time. No. Well, I mean, the whole sexual chocolate run was, you know, deep, well, anything was hitting during the two arrows. I guess <laughs> it was hard to sort of fail, but what they could have got, like I said, with the whole Hall of Pain towards the end of his career was something different. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, that first one, like, you know, they were, he was making more money, guaranteed money at least, than like Austin. Really? Yeah. Lawson was making more money than him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like that upfront guarantee for like Mark Henry was crazy. Oh, okay. How much was it? It it was a million a year guarantee. Wow. And I think they signed that for 10 years. Yes. I think that That was it. Yeah, that was the thing. So female. All together. Like you think about that, like wrestlers weren't getting paid like guarantees like that. Nope. Uh, I mean, Austin was making more than that in merchandise money every three months, but like... <laughs> yeah, but, that's crazy. Yeah, but the guarantee was a lot less. But like with Henry, it was, you know, coming off of the Olympics, and uh, I-, I feel like for whatever reason, like because the Olympics were in America that year, yep. like WWE just was like, oh, like we need to take the winners. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. But uh yeah. So hopefully with Osmos, they can give him, you know, let him still learn the biz, all the ropes, get solid in the ring, and then, you know, get that super repackage deal. Possibly. I um I read that GCW uh, is actually interested in using him and trying to work out some kind of negotiation with WWE to use him. Well, who they want to have him go up against? I don't know. Okay. If- That's a hardcore uh, promotion, correct? Yes, it is. With uh, with uh, Gage, uh, uh, yes, what's Nick name? Gage, Nick Gage from CZW. Yes, the bank addicted drug robber. Did you ever see the um, uh, what's that behind the dark side of the ring? Dark side of the ring. Yes, they had an episode about CZW. 
and like all the craziness that was going on behind the scenes. I did not see that, but I should watch it because I've trained there and worked with them before. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't so CCW. GCW. Nah, nah, it was XPW. Oh, XPW. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. All good, I'm, all good. I'd still watch it. Yeah, because it, it was crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh but yeah, you said GCW wants to get Osmos. Yeah, I'd be curious to know who they want to um match him up him up against. Like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, right. Cause uh on paper he doesn't fit. Yeah, and right and I think he's more best used still as the enforcer type with somebody else agreed and maybe that's what they want to do with them who knows yeah maybe with Matt Car- Cardona yeah right I could see that you know uh, uh, a good mashup are there any other guys that was released prior during Vince's reign that you think they'll be coming back relatively soon now with Triple H the rumor and innuendo is that Bronson Reed should be returning any day might be a matter of visa stuff who's bronson reed uh he was an nxt um he was a big guy he uh now he wrestles as jonah um he had done a brief stint with impact but um but yeah he was a nxt north american champion for like a minute and then uh he got released part of like that big group of releases which surprised a lot of people because he's so big. Like, he's not jacked. Like, he's, you know, big like Earthquake. Can he work? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, the rumor and innuendo is that he will be back any day. Okay. Back then? Uh, probably, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Bullet Club is back, or not Bullet Club, but uh, Carl Anderson and... Uh, Luke Gallows. Right. Uh, trying to think uh, if I've read anyone else supposed to be coming back. I feel like there's probably a lot of talent that they would like to have back, but it's locked up with AEW. I was going to say, you think I'm Friday? If, if AEW ends up releasing him, then yes. Okay. Uh, no question. You think they will release him? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, uh, Yeah, trying to think of any other performers out there. Um, What do you think? (laughs) You think Loki, not the wrestler, but Loki. I was about to be like, nah, he's not coming back. I was going to say Loki. Do you think Buddy Matthews and um, uh, Alistair? Um, or Malachi Black, you think they were like sort of disappointed since their spot got blown up? They were like, ah, you know, people that if it wasn't on the internet, maybe we could get ourselves over there. Or you think that was not the case? I do think that was the case. Yeah, uh, their spot got blown up. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, understandable. I feel like it's one of those things, especially with the both of them. You know, suddenly having mental health issues. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Both of them had, uh, uh, you know, any issues. I thought it was just Malachi. No, Buddy Murphy, too. You need some time for, for his mental health. Oh, I thought it was okay. But the way you said it, it was, it was a little more di- 
direct that you said it though. A little crazy. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, both of them are saying they've got mental health issues going on. They both have significant others in WWE. So is this a lesson? Don't talk to the dirt sheets? Um, I don't even know if it's a lesson. I don't think either of them talk to the dirt sheets. Well, so who snitched? I wonder how they found out then. Like, somebody snitched on them. Uh, I mean, if what CM Punk says is true, maybe it was the box. <laughs> Hysterical. Yeah, speaking of your boy, uh, CM Punk, they released his, his boy, Ace Steel, apparently. Yeah, Ace Steel has been released. Was he a wrestler? He was a uh, producer. Oh, okay, okay. He's actually CM Punk's original trainer. Yeah, that's what you, I remember you telling me, but I wanted to know if you like, did anything in the ring. Um, not for AEW, no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's unfortunate for him. Yeah. So it was not like the writing on the wall with Punk then, that they'll just buy him out? That's what the rumor is. Okay. Which, if so... Yep. $10 million for, like, not even 15 matches. Yeah, for what, two years of work? Yeah. Whoo, that's right. a, that's, a, that's almost like a Mark Henry deal, right? That that's better than a Mark Henry deal. Yeah, Mark Henry had to get that ten million for ten years. Yeah, yeah. And two, if, if they buy Punk out, he did it less than two, really, because um, it was August of last year that he debuted. Yeah. So like a year and like three months, and like I said, I don't even know if he did fifteen matches. And you think they'll throw on a, if they do buy him off, this all goes through uh, a no-compete clause as well? Oh, no question. For how long, though? Mm. And I don't know how contracts work. Yeah. But there's a part of me that wonders, like, would they be able to, like, be like, no-compete until your contract would have been up? And how long would that have been? I want to say three years. Okay. So well, it's not point, like, like a year and a half more, a little more than that. The Triple H and company, they want to welcome him back with open arms, I take it, right? I don't think so. So it'd be more like Impact and you jump on? I don't think oh. Punk would go to Impact. That's too small of a place for him. GCW? I, I think Punk would just be done. Okay. Take, okay. take his money. Like, <laughs> go make some more movies. What movies was he in? I don't know the names of any of them. Oh, okay. But he has been in some movies. That's what he's been doing during his time off. Hopefully he'll wisely invest. Yes. uh, If that's the case, you know, basically that 10 million is his retirement. Exactly. Exactly. Which, hey, that's not a bad uh, nest egg to retire on. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Um, Yeah, so if they... Yeah. Or do you think... Triple H and company could be the bigger man and uh, put down their pay differences and take him back in so he can have that one last headline. And I know his whole thing was he wanted to headline WrestleMania at one point, which never happened. I guess it was why he left on bad terms. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't blame him. Like, he was the guy. And they what never really that? let him be the guy. Was he, though? Yeah. Cena was Batman, he was Robin. Or were, were ratings moving during his segments? I would have to go back and look, but I'd be shocked if they were not. I mean, the pipe bomb is legendary. Um, his okay. feud with Cena was amazing. Okay. Uh, that, that whole summer of punk and all that. 
but like they were always cutting him like just underneath. Okay. All right. So I, I don't blame him for being upset about it, especially like when you're a kid, like and you want to be a wrestler, like you dream of main eventing WrestleMania. Like, yeah. And then especially like when, what's that? It's still you gotta look at it as a business though. It's still a business. Don't forget, of course. You know, it's a scripted business. So it's not like, you know what I mean? It's who they decide, you know, if what if you're good for business, putting butts in seats, selling tickets. You know, have ratings go through, bring in more sure. sponsors. Like, I don't know if he was that guy for that, like Asino is, or even a Roman is. You know what I mean? Punk was and could have been bigger if they made him bigger. I think the the one thing I will say though, mm-hmm. uh, and the the wrestler the, like this hurts the wrestler in me to say yep. this, yep. But, but it's the truth. Yep. Rock was the right guy to main event WrestleMania. Correct. Like Rock and Cena, like for whatever anybody wants to say about it, like that was the right call. Like, yeah, even though the program wasn't that great, no, the buildup was strange. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, you need to have your Godzilla versus King Kong at WrestleMania. Totally, totally. And, and yeah, uh, that that was definitely the right call um, for those two. Um, but with that being said, I understand Punk's gripes and complaints. No, yeah. And plus, that's the biggest payday you get headline Mania anyways. Yes. So, At least back but, then. I don't know if that's changed now with the network. Yeah, that's true. Although they should still get good money off the gate because they're only doing WrestleManias at stadiums and the tickets are so expensive. Yes, so that's still probably cool. good, good payday. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, it's unfortunate how you know you don't really want your career in the, on that type of note. Yeah, right. You know, not you know, especially amongst the boys too, being like uh, you want to be a locker room pariah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's uh kind of crazy. Like th- this was supposed to be Punk cementing his legacy. Yep. And like putting AEW on the map and like blah, 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 blah. Yep. And uh, this could be the very opposite of, of that. Yeah, this experiment did not go as planned. Unless this is all a work. Right. But if you, your man got released and there's murmurs that you might get bought out, uh, this is what's the end game, end goal. <laughs> I mean, if it's all a work, I can give you the storyline right here, right now. Let me hear it. All right. Ace Steel is released. Punk gets bought out. Like, two months later, they they, they, they show up in the crowd. Like, ah, we bought a ticket to be here. We're just here to, to watch the show and enjoy. And then all of a sudden, they jump the rail, jump the bucks. Like, pop, 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 pop. Like, security chases them off. Like, <laughs> now you're off and running. Okay. <laughs> and now you got a feud and now the Bucks the Bucks cut a promo like you know these guys were fired from this company we didn't want them around here like they showed up in the crowd as paying fans and fans cannot jump the rail and attack like but you know what you guys want to jump the rail you want to step on this side of the fence okay Tony Khan 
as executive vice presidents, we are making the edict for one night only. We're going to let Punk and A steal into the ring and, and take us on in a fight. Okay. All right. I guess, speaking of the Bucks, are they still suspended? Yes, With they Kenny? are. And yes, he is. Kenny Omega, actually, uh, he couldn't even do a promo for Triple uh, A. So if this is a work, aren't they stifling their money? Well, maybe short term for a long term gain. Yeah, all right. And it seems very uh, counterproductive. <laughs> I I understand, but I got to hold on to it. I, I also held on to Cody being a work right up until WrestleMania. <laughs> what is that? Your tip? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I can say, um, speaking of works in um, shoots, you know, as far as like blurring the lines, what are your top? Cause last night after the Halloween Havoc, when I was about to call it a night, I was, I stumbled upon on YouTube. Cornette was doing like a, they did like a a, 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 a clip on uh, the Andy Kaufman. He was going over the Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler feud. Okay, yep. How that you know sort of blended work and shoot into the general public. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, I forgot how they used to do this way back in the day. You know, between like celebs and you know, but just between just blurring the line between work and shoot. Um, and I know also like they also people think that Bret Hart. That whole thing was a work slash shoot. Uh, could be either one for like the whole '97, you know, Survivor Series slash uh, behind uh, Wrestling with Shadows. So I'm trying to think of any other like similar work slash shoots where you, people don't really know if you know at the end if it was a work or or a shoot. You know, because they blurred the lines so well. I got you. Um, I mean, one thing that immediately comes to my mind is the uh, Hogan. Jeff Jarrett, Booker T, Bash at the Beach, Vince Russo thing. What happened? I, I don't know about this. Um, so, and I don't know if I if I'm getting this exactly right. Okay. But if I recall, this was like Bash at the Beach, like we'll say 2000. Like this was towards the end of WCW. Okay. And uh, might have been 99, but it was, either way, and Hogan was the champ. And, like, he came out, like, cut a promo, like, something about, like, he's too good, like, or whatever to, like, defend it. And then, like, hour later, Vince Russo came out and was like, Hogan's a piece of trash. Uh, he, he refuses to, to put over the new talent. Uh, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're going to let him go. Um, and so then they did, um, they vacated the WCW titles, Booker T against Jeff Jarrett. And uh, this was Booker T's first title win. And uh, supposedly this was all a shoot and Hogan ended up suing WCW for it. Why would he do that? Because of uh, Vince Russo's promo being like Hogan wouldn't put anybody over and like blah, 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 blah. Oh, he felt that he was being used at his expense? Yeah, like, he felt like it was, like, I think he sued for slander or something like that. What? But, uh, the, oh, the rumor... Into that. <laughs> well, the rumor is that in, the, like, in the back when they were talking to finish, okay, like, Hogan wouldn't... I, I want to say it was supposed to be Hogan Jarrett. Okay. And I think Hogan said, like, 
brother, if this was a shoot, uh, I'd be winning. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, did he win the suit? I think he did. Okay. Still, come on now. You're a wrestler. You can't be letting Tiki Tack promos really affect you like that. Well, if it's, uh, and I think Hogan's claim was that like Russo like agreed with him, like, okay, yeah, like you shouldn't put Jared over. Mm-hmm. And then like went out and cut the promo. Like, <laughs> did they still have the match and everything went well? No, the match ended up being Jared and Booker T. And Booker T, that's why Booker T won his first WCW title. Oh, okay. And I take it Booker T then. So when did they make the finish? Like in the ring? Is it Booker? I assume right before they went out. Okay. So Jared was uh, was a WCW heavyweight champ at the time? Well, Hogan was the champ. So how did they strip the belt off of him? Russo just came out and said, like... Huh. Hogan won't put anybody over. So. Oh, so Hogan wasn't in the ring when this no, happened? No, no, Yeah, Hogan wasn't in the ring for any of it. Hogan apparently had already left. Oh. Oh, okay. Like, right. supposedly, like, Russo's like, you know what, Hogan, like, you're right. Like, come out, like, cut a promo, and you, you're good for the night. And then once Hogan left, like, Russo came out and was like, Hogan's a piece of trash. He won't put anybody over. Oh, okay. Well, it's not like he wasn't, like... He, he might say slander, but, you know, there was some truth in there. Yeah, yeah. Like... It's 5% truth in everything. Right? So true. Okay. But, uh, so that's one example I can think of. All right, all right. Um... I don't know if this counts as one, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know if you remember that Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton SummerSlam match from like probably like five years ago. No, what happened? Um, Orton, uh, Lesnar uh, busted Orton up hard way with some elbows. Okay. And um, the rumor is that Jericho like flipped out in the back because he thought Lesnar was like trying to put one over on Orton. And so okay. like, at, like Jer- Lesnar got in the back and Jericho got in his face and like they had to tell Jericho like it, that was all part of the plan like it was a work like even though it was a shoot it was a work okay um, okay so that's why I'm like I don't know if that would count as one or not but I'm like it at least Jericho believed yeah yeah okay alright alright um yeah I'm trying to think of uh, others as well that sort of blurred the line um, that you know to this day people were still like ah was, they were in it or oh, they weren't in it you know what I mean yeah there's not too many examples of it really which I'm surprised it's not as frequent as you would think well it's really hard to do that's true but when it, when you do I guess hit that lightning in the bottle yeah like um, I was listening to Cordette's podcast a little bit. He was talking about the um, Lawler Andy Kaufman thing, and he was like, "If anybody knew, like, if it was a work, only like yeah. three people knew." Yeah, probably Jerry. Yeah, Kaufman yeah. and one of the maybe and Jerry Jarrett. Jerry Jarrett, yeah, since he was the other co-promotive. Uh, yeah, 
he says, so if it was a work, those are the only three people that knew. And one of those people is no longer here. So, Well, I guess also the reenactment later when they did the, the movie with Jim Carrey. Yep. They tried to reignite it, I guess. I guess that could be the second time. Like, was it the same thing? Was Because they didn't... Jim Carrey, he was like method acting, got into it too, a little too much. Uh, oh, you know, that's right. Like, I remember hearing something about that. It was with Jerry Lawler or, cause, you know, doing those segments again. Yeah. <laughs> that's another thing. But I was just almost rehashing the same original. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. You, yeah, like it's hard. Like I guess, really do a non-scripted slash scripted in the middle, you know, gray area type of thing. Yeah, especially, and I think the biggest thing is if too many people know. Right. Like I still think to like out the two between the the Kaufman thing and Lala and the Bret Hart McMahon screw job. Like, which out those two do you think is? more like better in regards to it could have been you know like this could have been a, a legit shoot or you know better this could have been this was a great work um I think they were both really good um you know obviously we weren't around for the Kaufman Jerry Lawler one right but I think on a national level like that was a big deal like right. not just in the wrestling world, but like in the the real world, right? Um, you know, they had that whole David Letterman thing, yeah, and, and all that. Uh, so I feel like, yeah, I feel like you'd have to say that was a bigger deal just because of the scope um, and the time period. Okay, uh, but the the Montreal screw job, I mean, that's. Yep. To this day, like still discussed and um, debated. Yeah, and analyzed. So I guess yeah, one like you said is more for the commercial audience, and the other one is for hardcore wrestling fans. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm surprised with the whole celebrity ones when they bring in celebrities, they don't have that happen more. It, it would be so hard to do, especially because, today. Why? Can you think it's already been done? <laughs> Well, partly because it's already been done and partly because now, like, everybody knows wrestling's a work. Whereas, like, okay. in the 70s, when they were doing the Lawler-Kaufman thing, like, people didn't really know, especially down south. Okay. And, and they, yeah, I guess the, the way they started it, according to Cornette, again, like you're saying, that he was, he was doing, like, exhibitions against women wrestlers. Yeah. And then, you know, it led up to... And those were know, a shoot, apparently. Really? Yeah. So that was crazy in itself because they, that could have went sideways because, you know, something could have happened. Well, it, it's funny. I'm like, I'm he guessing. He that, that beat. What's yeah. that? I said he could have lost and got beat up. Had somebody's uh, angry husband jump in the ring or something like that. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like if you agree to, to fight him, you agree to fight him. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, the time, the world was different back then. True, true. I, I see what you're saying. But uh, but yeah, it's funny. I'm like that. It, it, thankfully for him, it was the '70s, and like women weren't like training yet. Yeah. Like imagine if like a Ronda Rousey like showed up. Like. All right. Like, she looks unsuspecting. 
exactly exactly um but yeah uh they almost i guess could have done it when they brought in floyd uh, not with him and big show no nah, you don't think so no that because that just looks so silly well i mean all right not maybe a big show but just another wrestler on the card on, on the roster yeah maybe if they did it with another wrestler like a smaller guy that where it would make yeah. sense yeah that could have worked Oh, um, I don't know if this counts in this category. The brawl for yep. all. <laughs> That's true. Well, that was a they had a leading up as a work, but then later turned into a shoot with Bart Gunn beating up folks. Because wasn't it supposed <laughs> to be they were giving uh, Steve Doctor uh, Yeah, Doctor Death. Doctor Death, right. Uh like the easy path to being in the finals. Right, but it went sideways. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Which which was messed up how they, they uh punished Bart Gun uh because of it. Right? Like, <laughs> like you punish the guy that's actually legit tough instead of putting uh putting money behind him and you know booking him like that, you decide just to get him destroyed by Butterbean. Well, because it's that's not the story they wanted. So. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a child like uh pouting because they didn't get their way. It's so crazy. They're like, wait, this was supposed to go this way. Like, you screwed up our booking. <laughs> like, I was probably, I know JR was in Vince's ear because that was his boy that got whooped on. And then he's probably all salty because of it. So it's like, yeah, just, you know, bark on, blah, 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 blah. And, then, and Vince was probably salty too. Yeah, but if you have somebody add fuel to the fire. Oh, I'm sure. You know what like, I mean? Like, Vince was probably salty on his own because he was like, this was supposed to be the way it goes, you know? And then, yeah, he probably got JR whispering in his ear, too. Like, yeah, can you believe that? Like, ah, oh, my boy, my boy. Yeah. 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 See, if, if you, in today's, like, Triple H's crew, they'd probably be like, all right, we can adapt off of this. Yeah, I, I think they would have, they would have at least given Bart Gunn, like, a good run. And then you have, like, Roman beat him, so to speak. You know what I mean? There you go. There you go, but, but yeah, yeah, you might as well make something of him because yeah, you put him in there with Butterbean, and Butterbean's a trained boxer. Yep, and and that's the other thing too. It was a boxing match. Yep, but and Mark Gunn didn't win boxing matches. Nope, and uh, I, I don't know that if isn't there like a even though you know there's there's weight classes in boxing, obviously it's heavyweight. Um, but but Butterbean, I imagine is like some sort of like super heavyweight like weight. Yeah, like, he can like compete in. Completely. He still, even though Bart Gunn was a big guy, he still had. Yeah, Butterbean had a lot on him. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm just curious to know where they had that because that some sort of boxing commission had to be like, you know, just being for the the stadium that they were at had to, you know, I imagine sign off on it. Unless they told them it was a work. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. Yeah. But all I know is the fact that Bart's career did not go as planned. I think he like ended up going to Japan after the fact. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It is. And I mean, this is very uh Markish of me. Yep. But I didn't realize Bart and Billy weren't brothers. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> like I, I I for real thought they were brothers. Like I was like, oh yeah, like just just made sense to me for whatever reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, that's a good example. The bra for all. 
Yeah. I guess when we were kids, like back in the day, those four horsemen, Dusty, you know, fuse could like have. attacking him in the parking lot? Yeah, like breaking his arm and all that type of stuff. Could have. But I guess that was all. That's still the boys in the back. That was all uh, a work. So I guess that doesn't count. Like, yeah. I, I guess it might be tough to fool the general audience and the boys in the back. Definitely. And that, that's the problem. Well, yeah, whether if it's a work or a shoot. Which, uh, oh, number one, thank you for bringing up those dusty things because that just made me realize that, like, the princess and I, we, we've been watching, you know, Raw SmackDown, and there's almost always something happening in the parking lot. So, like, <laughs> this is so weird. But I'm like, you know what? Triple H probably grew up a dusty fan. He definitely was a Ric Flair fan. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, he was probably like, oh, yeah, like, I love this angle. We're doing it every week. <laughs> <laughs> but that is Triple H's weird thing. Like, you know, Vince has his weird things. Yeah. Triple H's weird thing is like something is always happening in the parking lot. Hysterical. Yeah. Like, it's not always an attack, it's sometimes an attack. Like, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle have now gotten in a fight in the parking lot. Drew McIntyre <laughs> rammed his truck into Karrion Cross's car in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, but there's also just been like random, like, stuff, like just wrestlers, like, being in the parking lot, like, just chatting and like showing up for work like too funny yeah i have not noticed that yeah it's been uh, an interesting little addition and i'm like has triple h like wanted to do parking lot stuff all these years and Vince has been like no we're not doing it that's just like every week something must happen in the parking lot <laughs> oh goodness but uh yeah <laughs> Oh. You know, was that? Bad. No, no. As I say, hopefully uh, Triple H can continue with his uh, method to his madness. For sure, for sure. Um, I got a great uh, work shoot one for you. Yep. Loose cannon, Brian Pillman. Um, what were you talking? Oh, when he was in uh, the WWF, that was that was a that was a work though. Well, it was, in hindsight, we now know it was all a work. But, no, but even when they brought him in, I thought that was just a gimmick. He was just brash and, you know... No, so the whole thing... Do you know about the whole thing with WCW and him getting out of his contract? Nope. Oh, okay. Are you talking about that whole match with Kevin Sullivan? The book no, of Man? after that. Oh, nah. So, yeah. So, the, the whole thing with Kevin Sullivan, that was the start of the gimmick. Okay. Um, and then he started doing, like, he's crazy. That's That's the whole gimmick. Okay. He showed up at the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion. What's that? Uh, Cauliflower Alley Club is like a historical wrestling society, I'll call okay. it. Okay. Um, every year they do a big event um, in Vegas and like honor like big time wrestlers. Okay. Um, Conan just got inducted this year. Oh, um, okay. And Rey Mysterio like gave the speech or the induct Yeah, the induction speech. Okay. Um, so like you know just to give an idea of the kind of level that this thing is on yeah, too. yeah. Um, so back in the mid 90s um, when it was going on Pillman showed up in gimmick like, okay. and acted crazy and supposedly like went to the bathroom on no no no, no I'm mixing up Pillman stories um, <laughs> this wasn't at Cauliflower Alley Club he did this um, but at Cauliflower Alley Club he, he acted crazy and okay. uh Apparently, according to Jim Ross, he pulled Jim Ross aside at one point, just whispered to him, like, it's all a work, let Vince know. And then, like, kept acting crazy. Oh, okay, okay. 
Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so then according to Eric Bischoff, yep. um, you know, Bischoff says him and Pillman were in on the whole thing together. Okay. Uh, no one else knew, but, but those two. And then Pillman told Bischoff, like, man, like, if we really, like, we've got to work the dirt sheets because the dirt sheets are saying it's a work. Okay. He's like, you got to release me. Like, so, so that way, like, the dirt sheets will buy it. Okay. And so Bischoff, like, legitimately, and this is, of course, all according to Bischoff. Okay. Bischoff legitimately released him, and the idea was supposed to be Pillman was going to come back in a couple of months. Okay. Um, Pillman showed up on ECW. And this is uh, so supposedly Pilbin went to the bathroom on Tommy Dreamy Tommy Dreamer's parents' floor. Oh wow! Yeah. So wait, but why was he at the at his his house their house? Because uh, that's where like so a lot of the ECW stuff um, took place either at Paul Heyman's parents' house or Tommy Dreamer's parents' house. You talking about like the backstage promos? Yeah, like the production and like all that stuff. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, yep. Okay. Uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's also funny to me, like, and, and I mean, I, I know every parent is different. Yep. But I'm like, I can't picture, like, me being an adult and, like, my mom letting me live at home and, like, letting, like, crazy ECW-level wrestlers, like, show up and, like, film stuff <laughs> yeah it's so crazy yeah but wow yeah so he so he defecated at the house or yes wow uh, so on then the, on the floor it caused like a brouhaha like a fight or something like that I don't think it caused a fight it just caused like a we don't want him back kind of thing gotcha at ECW at the house at the house oh okay all right they still used him like a couple more times at ECW Yep, and then um, and then he went to WWF. Okay, but uh, and the I the I guess what happened right be so right before he signed with WWF, like he got well, he got I think he was hurt in WCW. Yeah, he got hurt in WCW. That's why okay. he never wrestled in ECW. He was just doing promos and things. Okay, and um, while he was hurt, he was rehabbing and he was on pain pills. Yep. And uh, he fell asleep while driving. Yep. And that's when he like shattered his ankle. Ah, yes. And all that. But he's and, still uh, right, I believe. Yeah, because he he had already signed with WWE like before before the accident. Okay. But then he like had the accident like immediately after signing. Oh, okay, okay. Craziness. Yeah. And, uh, so, so you're saying, uh, but that's almost like uh, so uh, he just blurred the line uh, in regards to he was like almost like method acting. You would say, yeah, yeah. And he got Eric Bischoff to officially give him his release so he could go to WWE to get more money with the thought of that he would go back to WCW. No, nah, well, Bischoff Bischoff claims that he was never supposed to go to WWE. He, he oh, was supposed okay. to do ECW. Uh, Yep. For like a month and then come back to WCW. Oh, okay. Oh, so he got he got work you're saying basically. Yeah, yep. Oh, okay. All right. Not bad. Interesting. Right. The good uh for Pillman, it was a good um, you know, way to make more money and get his name out there. Bischoff basically got suckers. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bischoff puts a good spin on it. You know, Bischoff's like, yeah, like, you know, whatever. He's like, we still got a lot of publicity out of it. We started the gimmick. Do you think they did? Because I mostly attribute the whole loose cannon thing with Vincent Company. From what I understand, um, and this is, and it's tough, you know, because Pilman's no longer with us, so we could never right. hear from him. So it's all right. what are other people speculation? Yeah. Jim Ross says it was Terry Funk that came up with it. Really? Yeah. Was Terry Funk in WCW at that time? I don't know. Okay. He was not in WWF yet. I know that. Okay. Because he didn't debut there till a couple years later. Okay. As uh, Chainsaw Charlie. Yep. But yeah, Jim Ross says that um, Pillman was trying to like find something, like because you know being Flying Brian wasn't working. Yep. And uh, he said Terry Funk was the one that told him you should try the crazy gimmick. Oh, okay. All right, all right, not bad. Not bad. Um, yeah. So, uh, I wonder if the boys in the back knew if it was all, you know, a work or they thought he this. He's like, oh, this man's legit crazy. Uh, most of the, this is all, all based off of the uh, DVD that I got. Yep. Um, but they interviewed a lot of them. They're like, yeah, we didn't know. They're like, you know, we thought it was a work, but like, we weren't sure. Like, he seemed kind of legit crazy. <laughs> okay. And Bischoff, okay. you know, Bischoff says only he and Pilman knew it was a work, but right, right. Well, as I say, as a performer like yourself, do you ever dabble to pull off something similar? Not with like the character wise, but see if you can work the boys and the audience as well, or do you um, don't want to teeter that rope? So I've never tried to work the boys. Okay. Um, but working the crowd, yes. Uh, I actually brought up uh, to the princess the other day a great example of me doing it. Um, I actually, I was like, you know what? I might be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Because Aren't you supposed to work the crowd, though? Like, yes, you are, cool. but not everybody's good at it. Right, right, right. But I was going to say, working the boys never one of the, wasn't one of your things to be like, oh, I can get, see if I can get on them as well. No, no, I never want to work the boys. If I do work the boys on accident, then that's awesome. Okay. okay. It's never my goal. Okay. Um, but uh, at an NCW show, uh, this was probably like 2019, I think. Okay. Um, I worked the crowd amazingly. And this is why I'm like, I might be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Because okay. if the point of wrestling is to make people believe, well, then, I, number one, I do that pretty consistently with my offense. Yep. But uh, number two, on this particular evening, my selling, um, people were crying. Okay. Um, I, I worked Brett Ryan Goslin, um, the notorious Brett Ryan Goslin, the notorious BRG. Um, and uh, we did, uh, he gave me two or three curb stops for the finish. Uh huh. And I sold it like I was legit hurt. Okay. I, I didn't move. Like, I didn't let the refs touch me, like nothing, like, and there were people in the crowd crying. Okay, okay. Um, so I'm like, in fact, um, JC, uh, the 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 owner of NCW, had to come down to the ring and whisper to me, like, I've got people here really upset. Like, I need you to let them know that they're that you're okay. Hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so I'm like, that for me is my crowning achievement. I'm like, I, I worked a building of about 150 people uh, into believing that I was legitimately hurt and like to the point where some of them were crying. Okay. Well, okay. Um, why don't you want to also work the, the boys in the back as well? Those are your, uh, those are your partners. But doesn't that help elevate whatever, you know, program that you're in? Well, that's why I'm like, if you can do it by accident, then well, how you do it by accident? Well, like, if if what you're doing is so believable that they question it, it like, I would say, like, Lesnar and Orton. Okay. That I brought up earlier, where Jericho, like, is like, oh, man, Lesnar's trying to shoot on Orton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, so but, like, yeah but that's just only one person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm like, they weren't trying to work the boys, but yeah. it was believable enough. Okay. But what, I, I, okay, I just seem like if you work both crowds, like it seems like a story can be more legendary in that regard. Similar, like we said, like the Kaufman and like the, you know, Bret Hart situation. I feel you. It would just be Bret so hard. Went, huh? It would just be so hard to do, especially on an indie level. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I've done matches where, and as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, you know what? I'm very proud of my, my work of wrestling. Because yep. I've had a number of matches where I go to the back and like the boys are like, "Oh man, you okay?" And then like yep. I just straighten up and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just selling." Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, and, and that was, again, never the idea was never meant to work the boys, but it's great when they're like, "Wow, like you might have really got hurt." And then I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." No, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, from a storyline perspective or something like that, it'd be yep. almost impossible to work the boys on an indie level. Because um, I've actually thought about it, but yep. I'm like, yeah. The, the problem is, because I've thought about doing the Pillman gimmick. Um, okay. And I think I could pull it off really well. Okay. But on an indie level, you're working with so many people, like, too many people would have to know. What do you mean? Like, like if I'm doing the Pillman gimmick, I can't just do it at NCW. Like, I also have to do it at Showcase. I have to do it at, you know, XYZ and ABC. It would have to be done everywhere. And then okay. in which case, every promoter would have to know that it's a work. Because otherwise, they're not going to want to work with you if they think you're legit crazy. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe they think, oh, I can bring in this crazy individual, sell some tickets off of them. <laughs> Indie promoters aren't going to want to do that, though, because that's that's a major risk. Okay. And also, whoever you're working with needs to know that you're not legitimately crazy because they might try to shoot on you if they think you're legitimately crazy because they're worried you might try to shoot on them. Okay. And now you've turned it into a whole thing. Okay. So that's the problem with doing it on the indies. Like, it's just too too many, uh, yeah, too many people would know. Okay. All right. Because, uh, and actually, I'm about to break some major news on here um, yep. on this podcast. I've never talked about this uh, with anybody other than uh, the the two people that gave me the idea. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, at this time though, like, I'm like, eh, it's never going to happen. Um, so I will let everybody in on it. Uh, we had come up with this idea for me to be a masked wrestler. Okay. Um, I can't give that name because I actually use that name on some video game platforms 
and some other platforms. So I'm like, I don't want to expose it for people to know that that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with that being said, um, uh, the idea was I was going to be a masked wrestler and like kind of basically be a bad wrestler. Okay. Like on purpose, like not very good. Okay. And get booked at, at, at companies and, and like show up and just put on a horrible match. Um, and I was like, I thought it would be a really fun idea. Okay. Uh, my, my two friends that came up with it, uh, they, they pitched it really well. And it's funny because they pitched it separately. Um, they don't even know each other. Okay. Um, and each one had a portion of this idea. Like, and so it's really funny that they pitched it the way they did. Mm-hmm. But, um, what I realized the problem was I'm like, I'm too well known in New England. Like, even if I show up with a mask on, people are going to know it's me. Um, I would have to like not talk. I'd have to have like a handler or something to, to make it work. Um, okay. And then the, the other issue too is I'm like, well, if I'm, when I work with my opponents, they're going to, uh, they're going to like, number one, they're going to be upset that we're having a bad match. Yep. And I'm like, they're, if they know it's me, then they're going to know I'm purposely having a bad match and that's going to be a problem. Uh, if they don't know it's me and they, they just think like, oh, here's this new guy and he's not very good. If yep. they try to shoot on me, like now I've got to shoot back on them. Now yeah, the problem. Like, you know, this be messy. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, I was gonna say, uh, you have some time to think to see if you can be the one to crack that cold to blend the two worlds on the on the indie scene. For sure, for sure. And you never know. I might figure it out. Because I, I do still have some ideas percolating. Because I, I I loved the Brian Pillman loose cannon gimmick. Yep. Um, and, and I when I was younger, I was like, oh, that's my gimmick. When, when I become <laughs> a wrestler, and then I realized like the realities of trying to do it. Yeah, it isn't it isn't easy. No, but I do still have a couple ideas in my head percolating on uh, maybe pulling off a small scale version of it. So. Uh, for the audience listening now keep your eyes open in 2023 because you never know you might see something that makes you go hmm what did you think about the whole Lita Matt Hardy edge thing did that also bleed yeah that was definitely a a blend of reality um I felt really bad for Matt Hardy during all of that (laughs) like how do you lose the girl and get fired similar to Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit and woman. Similar but different. Right. I don't think Sullivan got fired. No, but still Sullivan didn't wife. get fired. And that started as a storyline. Yep. And then you said the same thing about with uh, Jared and Angle. That one's closer to the Hardy Lita one. Oh, okay. Because so sure. so the Jared Angle one started as a shoot and worked into a story. Oh, okay. Oh, so they had heat at first? Yes, bad heat. Yeah, Jarrett actually had to to leave the company for a little while because they were worried that Angle was going to kill him. Really? Yes. What started the heat between the two? Jarrett sleeping with Angle's wife. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But was she... Right, but... Okay. Which Jarrett has a history of doing, by the way. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he, he also slept with uh, Steve Mongo McMichael's wife. Oh, Deborah. Yeah, who then left her wife to Austin. When she was, uh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? But so with Jarrett to- and uh, Karen, formerly Karen Angle, now Karen Jarrett, they got married and like have a good life together. So that's good. So out those three relationships, you know, on-screen relationships, which one was the... So you're saying the Angle and Jarrett had the most heat behind the two? No question. Okay. No okay. question. Um, and I think mainly because of the type of person Kurt Angle is. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm like that Hardy Lita one... I, I mean, that could have had equally as much heat, if not more. But Hardy's not that kind of guy. Well, I was gonna say, where do you think it stopped being a, a legit shoot, and then they started actually having to work? I mean, the thing started as a shoot because Lita was cheating on him with Edge. Right. That's a shoot. Right. Hardy then Didn't got that... fired. That's right. A shoot. Here's what I do. All right. Um... <laughs> Why he got fired? He got fired because of unprofessional conduct. And what was it? Did they have like, a fight in the back? No, no, no. He was just posting stuff online. On uh, I feel like this was back in the MySpace days. Oh, okay. And the uh, front office caught wind of it? Yeah, yep. But can yeah, you really release somebody off of that? Absolutely. Okay. You're, right. you're an employee at Will. WWE can release you for anything. Yeah, but was he defaming her character? Like, was it was it defamation behind these posts? Or was it just his speaking his truth? I mean, he was speaking his truth, but it doesn't okay. fit the WWE storylines. Okay, okay. All right, so they uh, released them, so they were still, they had heat still between the two, still shooting. And when did they start to coexist that they turned the program, t- turned into a program? When WWE rehired Matt Hardy because the fans were, were chanting, we want Matt, we want Matt. How long was he sitting for? About a month. No, so not too long. No, not too long. It was like suspension. They really didn't fire him, right? I mean, they legit fired him, but they realized there was some money to be made. Okay. All right. And what did you think about that program? It was horrible. Um, I feel like they hired Matt Hardy to punish him. He didn't go over? No. How many, how many matches did they have? Two or three. And he lost all three of them? Yeah. Oh, wow. He but, didn't look strong? No, like I'm like, how do you lose the girl? Like, lose your job, get your job back, and get made into a jobber. Like, poor Matt Hardy. Yeah, but I mean, he had agreed to it. I would imagine. Of course. So but I mean, I, is it really poor Matt Hardy if that's what you signed up for? Yes, because especially at that time, what else was he gonna do? Yeah, well, that just makes it sounds like you're basically desperate. I mean, there was no other options. It was at that time. It was like indies, TNA, but maybe. If you know you're in the right, you're speaking truth. Then you just be like, like I said, you make you sound like you're desperate coming back for a job that you know if you, you know, in the right about that you feel. You gotta gotta you pay go. your bills. Well, I guess wrestling is not the end all be all to pay your bills. What else is Matt Hardy going to do? I don't know. Get a nine to five. What? Matt Hardy? Like, he's been wrestling since he was a teenager. Well, I mean, that's the... Uh, that's, you know, all hit the indie scenes. And, that, I mean, that's just not the same amount of money. So, you, yeah, that's the you would sell your dignity because, uh, you know, you can't pull yourself to doing anything else? I mean, I don't know. 
That's I, I would have to live that situation to, to be able to answer that. Yeah, but there have been many people in the world that, you know, got fired or quit their job because uh, they felt that they were being unjustly, you know, handled and, you know. Yeah. My mom is a great example of that. Who? Huh? My mom. Really? Yes. Okay. She, um, before she was in construction, she was working insurance. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. And uh, she actually quit because um, the boss's kids worked there and they screwed something up and blamed it on my mom. Oh, wow. And my mom was like, no, like, blah, blah, blah. And the boss was like, well, you must be a liar. And like, my kids like are perfect, you know? Yep. And uh, so my mom quit, like, on the spot. Rightfully so. Yeah, yep. And uh, it's funny because uh, my uncle tried to talk her into, like, begging for her job back, like, everything else. Because, I mean, she had a, what, 10-year-old kid or whatever. And yep. no, no, nothing lined up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to make those sacrifices. That's why I, I'm sort of shocked that <clears throat> Matt Hardy, but I guess everybody's different. You know what I'm saying? You can't use your own uh, laws to decide someone else's, you know? For sure. And at the end of the day, I mean, WWE is, that's the dream job. Like, for anybody that's in wrestling. Uh, I know. But then sometimes you got to sometimes look yourself in the mirror and, you know, have some sort of, some sort of, you know, self-respect for yourself. But like I said, it all comes, yeah. it's, all, it's all relative. It is. It is. And it's a funny thing because I, I agree with you. I, I think about myself and I'm like, okay. If WWE called me right now and they were like, we want to put you on TV to like um, do like some sort of degrading thing, like, oh, you've got to like kiss Vince McMahon's butt, something like that. Yep. I'd be like, no, not there you. Go. There you go. If they called me and were like, we want to put you in a match, but we're only paying you some Oreo cookies, I'm there. Or <laughs> well, it depends on the match, too. Is the match, are you getting jobbed out? Are you getting squashed? Or are you having like a decent, you know, decent. 15 minute go about it true and, and I'm glad you bring that up because I, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately uh, I just saw my main man Joey Ace uh, who's someone I used to train with in New York back in the day yep. uh, he just worked raw um, I think two weeks ago yep uh, I want to say though it was against Strowman okay um, it was either Strowman or almost one or, one or the other okay and uh, I didn't watch the match, but um, I will. But uh, but I, I, in my head, I'm like, man, like, on the one hand, like, that's so awesome and, like, so amazing. And I, I'm deeply happy for him. Like, yep. you know, that that's the dream, wrestling on Raw. Yep. But on the other hand, I'm like, ah, oh, like, that, it's just a squash match. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm a little torn on that, like, for myself. Like, because I'm like, man, like, yeah, the dream is wrestling on Raw. But for me, the dream was never just to wrestle on Raw. It was, like, to be a Raw superstar. Yep. I'm like, I never wanted to be a jobber. Well, see, that would be the perfect use to have to wear a mask as your gimmick. Yeah, right. The only ones that you know is you and, you know, folks in the back. But if you have a mask to cover cover up and then you're getting squashed, you really don't it really won't affect you that well. That but what's much. tough about that though? Because mm-hmm. at the same time, like 
if you're gonna be on Raw, like like for myself, like I'm like if I want to be if I'm gonna be on Raw, I I also want everyone to know I'm on Raw. Because <laughs> like that's yeah, a big but, part of the dream. But then again, if you see yourself using that as a stepping stone, then they can they'll eventually see you uh, next time around. It, it won't be for that reason, but for the reason that you want them to see you for. Yeah, but and, and this is where I, I I have a tough time because I'm like WWE is not going to sign. I, I, I have accepted that. You never know. You never know. But at my age, I'm like, it, it wouldn't be a wise investment for them. Um, I I think I could have legs with an AEW potentially. There you go. Um, but but yeah, with WWE, it would be a bad investment. Um, and, and I understand and accept that. Um, Joey Ace is around my age. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's around my age. Okay. And uh, so I think about like him and I'm like, I don't think WWE is going to sign him. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way because I would love for them to. Like, no one would be happier than me. Um, but I just don't think it will happen. And okay. so then, you know, it comes down to like, all right, well, if I'm not getting signed, do I at least I get to say, well, I had the big moment? I, I wrestled in front of 15,000 people, you know? Yeah. At the Barclays Center. Like, it's a. I, I go back and forth on it in my head, honestly. I, I have a really tough time with it. Um, because my ego wants both things. Like my ego wants to be on Raw, but my ego doesn't want to be jobbed out. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I think about because I'm like I think about the the adulation from people being like, oh, that's so awesome that you are on Raw. But I also think about people clowning being like, yeah, hey, you were a jobber. Yeah, but isn't that all wrestlers? comeuppance they have to get jobbed out some you know well not jobbed out but be an enhancement talent and then eventually they get their just do not necessarily okay okay um Braun Breaker was never a jobber yeah but he's coming from a family of you know prestige wrestling lineage true so I'm saying <clears throat> okay okay but uh yeah uh we sort of divert off of the love triangles <laughs> that gone bad uh slash um <clears throat> works slash shoot but <clears throat> you see unfortunately Matt Hardy did not come out as a victor just only helped propel Edge as the rated R superstar um yes. uh obviously you said Kurt Angle and um Jeff Jarrett was the most heated out the, you know, uh, lovers quarrel. What'd no you question. Ben Juan Sullivan. That's a that was kind of a crazy one because that one started as a work and turned into a shoot. Right, right. Instead, of, you see, yeah, there was a reverse for Matt Hardy and Edge was a shoot and turned into a work eventually. Right. So, uh, kind of a different thing. Um, I know people get mad at me when I bring this up, but I'm like, maybe Kevin Sullivan did the Benoit murders. Yeah, I don't nah, know. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. I'm just saying, I'm like, he was the dark master or whatever. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> maybe he put a spell on Benoit or something. Did you also think there might have been any validity with uh, Hogan, Macho Man, and Elizabeth? Um... I mean, from the from the stuff that the dirt sheets say, 
Yeah. It, it sounds like Macho Man was kind of a jealous guy in general. Okay. Locking Elizabeth in closets and things like that. Okay. Um, and then I forget if this was in Hogan's book or if it was, I read in a dirt sheet thing, but Elizabeth and Hogan's wife were tight. And Elizabeth was afraid of Macho Man and would like hide at like Hogan's house. Okay. Um, but do so, you think do you think Hogan and uh, Elizabeth had any relations? I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. I feel like she went from Macho Man to Luger. Um, right. But yeah, I doubt her and Hogan had relations. I just don't feel... It's funny. I was about to be like, I don't feel like either of them are that type of person. But I'm like, well, Hogan slept with Bubbly Love Sponge's wife. But it was consensual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Just trying to think of... A, but did that also blur the lines at the time? Mega Powers, do you think? I don't think so. I, I think everybody, you know, believes it be a work for the most part. Yeah. Which, uh, although I, I I tell everybody, I'm like, you go back and watch that. Yeah. Like that time period, Macho Man was the babyface. Yep. Like Hogan was still his woman. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good storyline. That it is. That it is. Would you ever do something similar? As far as not bringing your current relationship, but just bringing some sort of real life aspect to yourself or into the uh, uh, program. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I like storylines that, that blur the line to an extent. Yeah. Um, I definitely wouldn't do it with my relationship. Uh, right. Like another, you know, aspect of your life bringing yeah. in. Yeah, definitely. Because um, why not? Uh, I mean, one thing I think of is when I had the uh, broken hand. Yeah. Um, and I won the Big City Rumble. I mean, that was the, the storyline of the Rumble. Like, I was in it with a broken hand. And I won it with a Superman punch. Like, yep. Um, you know, so that that right there was kind of bringing a real life story of having a broken hand um, and making it work. Uh, and it was one of those things where, because I still wasn't clear to wrestle, yep. but we knew I'd be I'd be cleared by the time WrestleFest came around. Okay. Um, so right. it was like, all right, do the Big City Rumble. Like, we'll protect you in the match. Like, and okay. then go from there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other uh, times or aspects that I brought in real, real life. Um, I'm surprised more. I'm surprised more people don't do that. Yeah, I mean it, it's tough. Okay. Oh, actually, a really good one uh, that I did. One of my best promos I ever cut, uh, which is a shame that it's probably nowhere to be found now. Mm -hmm. um, when my grandmother, my father's mom, when she passed, mm -hmm. um, at that time I was challenging for the NCW Heavyweight Championship, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I I cut a promo where I dedicated the match to her, and I was like, "To beat me, you're going to have to kill me." Mm -hmm. um, and it was such a deep and emotional promo because it was legit. Like it was, you know, it was where it was how I was feeling. Yeah, um, and I lost the match, but uh, to to uh, it was against Kellen Thomas. And okay, to to beat me, I had to do something he had never done before because um, he everything he tried, I kept kicking out and fighting back. And, yeah. Uh, so finally, for the finish, uh, you know that thing Sheamus does 
where like he's got your head like tucked in his arm and like your legs on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Kellen did that off the top rope on me. Oh wow. Yeah. That was a finish. Um, so that was really good. Like I'm like, yeah, we blended in some real real life stuff. And like for me it was very cathartic. Um, for me personally, my best way of dealing with emotional pain is with physical pain. Um, wow. <laughs> and so so it, it felt good for me to to have that hard hitting match and to go through that. Okay. Okay. All right, nice. <clears throat> so um, for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of any similar instances uh, in the business that, uh, you know, is much talked about. But, yeah, I really can't think of too many. So, yeah, no, I, I can't either off the top of my head. Um, it's funny. I know they tried to make the Mike Tyson Stone Cold thing seem like a, a shoot, but I, I never felt like it was. Like, it always Maybe. seemed like a work to me. Yeah, because theory, I know Tyson would mop the floor with him. Right. So, you know, I guess even, yeah, even when they tried, well, since we were kids, but when Piper faced T in the boxing match. Yes, yes. You know, uh, but I, I think apparently Piper always had heat with uh, most of his career, you know, until they like, reconcile for the most part, which I never knew was like actually legit. Interesting. They actually like threw down. I think T might have gotten the best better of them. Interesting. Huh? Who knew? Yeah, but oh, yeah. actually, you know what? I feel like Mr. T is a great example of a work shoot. Just, just Mr. T himself. How so? <laughs> I feel like growing up, like, I thought he was a legit, like, boxer, fighter, like, tough guy thing. Well, he is. He was a bouncer. That's how they found him for, uh, in being an actor. But I think I mean, he was uh, a bouncer in, like, one of like, the Chicago clubs back in but, the day. And, I mean, I guess, yeah, that does make you a legit tough guy. But, like, yeah. I thought he was, like, a, like, legit fighter, if that makes sense. Oh, okay. You like, like, an underground fighter type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, if you were bouncing in the south side of Chicago... You know, ain't no like easy clubs to begin <laughs> for sure, especially that time period. Yeah, uh, but yeah, <clears throat> but uh, I mean, yeah, it was interesting though how he from Rocky Three he had the villain persona, and then all of a sudden he became like America's like like fell in love with him after the eighteen drop, right? You know, uh, but yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, like he's a good guy, like. Who oh, like, yeah. genuinely like wants kids to like stay in school, like not do drugs and yeah, he was all about, mom. Yeah, all about the community. Yeah. yeah. Um, so nah. It's just he was a great actor. For, uh, sure. for, for Rocky Three, he was a perfect role for Club of Club of Lane. Yes. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think hopefully maybe going forward, I will be curious to know if, if upcoming wrestlers um what to know what their mind mind state is for the business as as far as how they can help you know uh evolve the business you know maybe sort of bring it back to where everything was but you know behind the curtain hush hush type of thing because uh, it seems like we've been going away from that more and more as time goes on so i'll be curious to know if anybody can bring it back to the, the essence yes back to the future if you will 
Pretty much, pretty much. But um, yeah. Um, since we discussed that Halloween, Halloween Havoc was last night uh, on the WWE side of things, uh, anything? In, oh, I guess before we go to AEW, uh, in two weeks is Crown Jewel, Travel yes. Chief against Logan Paul, uh, Brock Lesnar against uh, the Almighty. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, has, has any other matches been announced as well? Strowman uh, against almost. Strowman, okay. Uh, gimmick match or is it legit just one on one? I think it's just a one on one. Huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's actually you know, at one at one point, Crown Jewel was somewhat of like a mid pay per view uh, that people really didn't gravitate towards other than the controversy of where it's, you know, usually held, but now it's becoming its own, like, people really digging it. It's actually owning up to the the name Crown Jewel has become somewhat prestigious as far as pay-per-views go. Which, uh, you know, I guess good for them. Yeah, and the doublehead, another, the doubleheader in uh, the month of November with that, and then obviously uh, Survivor Series uh, later in the month. Yep. So you think that's gonna be a thing now? They gotta have two pay per views a month going forward. No, <laughs> I think that's uh, unique because of Crown Jewel. Okay, because well, as I say, Havoc and uh, Extreme Rules was October, but Havoc is NXT. That's true. It's still a pay per view, but I, yeah, I guess we, I, I see where you can come. But Crown Jewel's not all is everybody. It's not both rosters. It's just certain guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I'm like, I, that's why I say Crown Jewel, that's unique to Crown Jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's like, it's just the guys that are going to be there. Like, supposedly Goldberg might be back for that. And face who? I don't know. Oh, but, okay. But the rumors are speculating. They do bring him in. What's that? You only got two weeks to bring him in. I know, which is crazy. Yeah. But, like, if they've only got three matches announced so far, like, they've only got two weeks to... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, to, to a full show. Of the Crown Jewels, how, how many matches were the pay-per-views? I feel like the normal amount. Um, what I'm curious to see at, at Crown Jewel is, do they bring maximum male models? Why is that? Because Mansoor uh-huh. is from Saudi Arabia. Okay. And he started off, he had a, his career is so interesting. Really? He had I'm, a, not, yeah, I'm not hip to him. Yeah, he so he debuted at Crown Jewel. Okay. And like I wanna say he won the Rumble. If he didn't win the Rumble, then he won a singles match. But he okay. was point being he was undefeated like for two years. What? Yeah. What was his gimmick at the time? Just Mansoor, like the Saudi Arabian okay. guy. Alright, but was he a heel face? Like Oh, major baby face, because he's in Saudi Arabia. So he's like their Hogan at the Crown Jewel shows. So he's like their Hogan, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they only used him at the Crown Jewel shows, and he was so over, of course. Okay. Um, but then you know they brought him up to the main roster, and he was part of. Uh, I think he was part of that group. Uh, I don't even remember what they were called now. Um. <laughs> uh. Oh, why can't I think of the name? They all wore hoodies and masks. And they were, like, disrupting stuff. Okay. Um, whatever it was called doesn't matter. But I think he was part of that group. But now he's been part of Maximum Male Models. And I can't imagine 
him showing up in Saudi Arabia with like short shorts and a tennis polo. Oh, like, oh, oh, oh. Now I get what you're that. Now I get. Now I get you. They yeah. might drop that time being for that uh, event and continue after the fact. Maybe. That's what I'm. So I'm very curious about it. I'm like, is he on the show? Which I feel like he has to be. Like he's your local guy. Okay. And uh, okay. but if he is, like, what do they have him doing? Because I'm like, yeah, you can't have your local hero coming out looking silly like that, and especially with that culture. That's like anti that culture. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to know how it all uh, comes together. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And obviously, Survivor Series uh, will be in Boston. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what lines up for that. Yeah. One of the um, war games uh, for one of the matches. So, well, one or two of the matches. I forget if it's I more. think they're doing two war games matches. I think they're doing a men's and a women's. Yes. Yeah. So, should be cool. Uh, but yes, on to AEW. Since that's your your show, anything, any happenings? I'm I'm slacking on my my program. Um, I did not watch AEW this week. Okay. Uh, but I do know uh, we are building to John Moxley versus Hangman Page. Um, oh, uh, we did, he got badly injured. Oh, um, that's right. That we're not building to it. That happened this week. Yes, yes again, he got concussed. Yeah, it wasn't against Moxley. Yeah, that was against Moxley. He took a clothesline. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes, we're not building to it. That happened this week. And right. Yes, he he got that bad concussion. Was it on the fall or the hit? I haven't watched it yet, but I'd have um, to assume it's on the fall. Okay. Um. Because with a concussion, it's your brain rat. Literally, it's your brain hitting your skull. Exactly. So I'd assume the fall, some kind of impact, you know? Yeah, because close, it was a clothesline. I saw the clip, and but the clothesline looked very not stiff, but I well stiff. I only say it because usually that's when guys are trying to prove a point. But it looked like he took a you know full brunt of the maneuver. I should I say. I got you. But even still, like clothesline itself is. It's a hit across the, the chest and shoulders. Um, yeah, this one looked like it almost caught him in the neck. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. After the episode, I'll send you a clip. Like, they have, like, a, you know, you can find on YouTube uh very quick quick clip of the, the maneuver. But, yeah, yeah, it looked like more on the impact of the hit than him actually hitting the mat itself. It looked like he was already out by the time he got hit. Interesting. That's wild to me. Yeah. But the, the clothesline, the the bump that he was taking was like, you know, the clothesline was like, guys do like a little like mini fl- flip in the air. Yep. So I don't know if he just clipped them like right behind the back of the ear, neck, and then from there shook them up. I got you. So yeah, but, definitely gonna have to uh, check it out. Yeah, so he'll probably be on. Uh, how how long how long typically is the concussion protocol? <laughs> I mean, Adam Cole's still out. Okay. And his... That was, what, June? Okay. Uh, so been, that was the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. It's been uh, three months? June, July, August, September, October. Four months. Yeah, four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he's still out. So I'm like, I don't know, you know. And I think every concussion is different. Okay. Like, you know, I think it depends on the severity of it. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, like, like Brian Daniels' concussion, wasn't that super severe? Yeah, well, his problem was he had multiple ones. Oh, okay, okay. Um, before he even got to WWE, uh, he had had a bunch of concussions. Yeah, and to so the point the, like, you got to retire type of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the thing with concussions, like, each one is worse than the last. Yeah, it, it never improves. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that's what happened with him. And then uh, I guess doctors figured out, like, away from the wrestle safely enough or whatever. I don't know what the case may be. Is he taking more harder bumps than AEW? I feel like he is, but he seems to be doing fine, I guess. True. I guess we won't really know until like 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah, right. You know, see how he's really held up from uh, from it. So Yeah, hopefully we don't have uh, another Benoit situation. But I don't right. think we will because I'm pretty sure Kevin Sullivan had something to do with that. Terrible, but a lot of guys in the NFL seem to be having similar situations. Um, while you know they're retiring fairly early into their career because they're finding they're having symptoms of CTE, which is yes. popping up more and more frequently. Yes, which is uh crazy, yeah. Um, I right. actually um, I had an inner debate with myself the other day. Because yep. uh, I found this thing online. It was like 10 things 30 years from now that will... 10 things that we consider normal now, 30 years from now, we'll think is crazy that we allowed it. Yep. And um, the they base it off of like cigarettes. They're like, oh, like 30 years ago, cigarettes was like a normal thing. And like now yep. everyone knows how bad it is. And it's crazy right. that it's a thing. Right. And uh, so one of the 10 things that, that's normal now that 30 years from now they think people will think is crazy is football. Yep. <laughs> And they, they were like, you know, with all the concussions and like what, everything we know about it now, they're like, in 30 years, we're going to really know about it. We're going to be like, wow, we can't believe we let people like play this. I'm so curious if rugby uh, players have the same situations where NFL players do. Because rugby, they all have as much as nearly none of them. Exactly. But I'm curious if they have similar, you know, uh, cognitive issues with concussions and CTE, you know, that in the third. That's a very good question. I'm going to... It's funny. I'll, I'll be honest. I've never watched a rugby game now that I think about it. I've seen clips. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not like a full-fledged sit-down game. Because I'm like, what I don't feel like guys get more the same. Yeah, because they, they look like they grab more at the waist. Obviously, you can't go head-to-head because, like you say, you're not wearing a helmet. You'd be legit crazy if you did that because you yeah. back in skulls and probably would die. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious if, like... So would it would it just be more better to change the rules in the NFL, make it more adhere to a rugby type style, you know, of like tackling, than because when I, I you know when you have pads and helmet, you somewhat it's like almost like a seat like a like seatbelt, like you know, if you get in an accident, there is a chance that you will walk out relatively safely, but you know people aren't trying to go out slamming their cars into walls, knowing that they do have that safety aspect, but. With the helmets and, and pads, I wonder if guys would be like, oh, you know, since I'm somewhat, my, my hits are somewhat absorbed by all this padding, I could go a little more zero to 100 compared to rugby players that are like, still going hard, but like, it's more like controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm with you. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's, 
I don't think you could change the rules of football to be more like rugby. Because I feel like they've made a lot mm-hmm. of rule changes already and people are mad about it. Yeah, but if you take away some of that pattern, that reduces some of those like big impact. You know what I mean? Because people aren't as, like I said, cautious of that. They're somewhat protected by all the pattern. I totally know what you're saying. I, uh, I don't know, though. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if the answer is maybe just get rid of football and make rugby the sport. Well, I was like, so we still have football rules, but just, you know, tackling would be different, like rugby tackling, you know, where it's more grabbing dudes at their waist, you know, like they're mostly all like the hits of pretty much anything like lower body to like slow somebody down. But I feel like I feel like people would really revolt against that. You think so? I mean, that's what technically NFL football tackling is. You're supposed to tackle somebody at the wayside, but guys are leading with their heads. Yeah, but like people already it's revolt the against the rules of football. People are like, oh <laughs> man, this isn't the sport I grew up with. Well, I, I, I carries. I guess when they had the le- leather helmets, they were so tackling to you know safer style. I guess I don't know. No, they were not. That's why they came oh. out with the harder helmets. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's why that's why I say like the, particularly the older generation. Yeah. They're like this isn't the football I grew up with because they grew up with hard hitting like football not knowing any better. Yeah, and but so then now basically... the rules have been changed to make it safer. Yeah, but if you're a business, what would you want to la- to make your brand last longer? To, you know, have your employees last longer or you know, I mean, as a business, you want to do whatever's going to make the most money. Right, and to be long, the last, lasting long, and too, last long. You know, you can be like a sun and you know shine bright and then burn up just as quickly, and that's a wrap. That that's very true. But yeah, I guess. Well, I'm curious. Also, like, is in in hockey, do guys get CTE? Could they check in? You know, with they got sticks in their hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Like I, you rarely ever see in basketball because obviously you know you really not getting hit in the head a lot. You know you might get like a Carl Malone elbow here and there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for the most part, mostly football. And now, obviously, you know professional wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Which I wonder if in wrestling, like in the eighty seventies, of guys were getting concussed and just not being recognized. No question, because back then they used to call it getting your bell rung. But with guys having cognitive issues in late in their lives. Oh, that's a good question. And I'm gonna say no. And you can remember too, dudes were bigger than too. You know, the gear was like prevalent. For sure, for sure. But they were taking they weren't taking the same crazy bumps. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe not like in the sixties, like not like like Bruno's time, maybe not so much, but mid seventies. To late '80s, yes. Yeah, no, I feel you. But but yeah, the bumps were different. That'd be the only thing I would say. They were still taking power drives, body slams, you know, power bombs. Not as much, and like they weren't really doing crazy stuff off the top. Yeah, but it was the stuff like, off power the power drivers are very safe. If you know what you're doing. Yes, which back then most people did. If you were doing a pile driver, you knew what you were doing. Right. Body slam, you can, you know, jack somebody up if you're not doing it correctly. Oh, if the person doesn't know how to fall correctly. Agree. But again, same thing. Back then, most everybody knew what they were doing. Okay. Okay. Like AEW, 
Um, and I'm, I'll be honest, this isn't an original thought of mine, but I'm yep. like, it's something I read that makes sense. Okay. A lot of these injuries are because it's guys that are trying things like that they did because they're trying to get over, but they don't really know what they're doing. And it's something that's beyond their level. So they're still very green. Not even necessarily just that they're green, but like as an example, I'm going to I'm going to use Ray Phoenix a, as an example. Ray Phoenix is amazing. Lucha Bros. And, yeah. Yep. And, and everything Ray Phoenix does looks great. Yeah. I feel like other guys are like, well, I've got to match Ray Phoenix. But yep. they're not as good. <laughs> but they're trying to do Ray Phoenix type stuff. Okay. And that's oh. how you get hurt. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, I guess, is uh, comes with the times. You know, that's why you need, I guess, a controlled environment like with, uh, you know, the WWE in its current state, because, you know, they, at one point, were banning moves or not allowing you guys to do certain moves just because maybe of that fact, the yeah. risk of the award wasn't really worth it. Yes. So. Um, I think uh, Vince McMahon had a rule, like, if you had some sort of high-flying move, he wanted to see you do it. Like, I forget how many times, but, like, a bunch of times before he would say, like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we'll allow you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what the next 10, 15 years uh, will look like um, as far as performers, gimmicks, you know, if we will still be having the same troops uh, that we do did in the past, if they will continue further, or, you know, if everything been said and done, written on the sun, you know, no ideas original, if it'll, you know, go forward, you know, progress. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, um... All right, so AEW Hangman obviously got badly injured. Um, any other news on that front? Uh, as we already discussed, Ace Steel has been released. Yep. Um, everyone else involved from that, well, I guess I would say everyone else involved in that outside of the Bucks, Kenny, and Punk <laughs> has been reinstated. Yep. Um, and so now, so now all that's left is to find out what happens with the Bucks, Kenny, and Punk. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, yep. Oh, Orange Cassidy is the new um, Mid-Atlantic champion. Yes. I, yep. I, I think we covered that oh, we last covered week. covered that last week. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, to the chagrin. Yes, much to my chagrin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about all I got for AEW because, like I said, I, I didn't watch this week. I actually uh, last night watched UFC, uh, UFC 280, which took place in Abu Dhabi. Okay. And uh, we we crowned a new lightweight champion in Islam Makachev. Okay. Who is the student of Khabib Nurmagomedov? <laughs> I can okay. never say his name right. But uh, Khabib of famous. UFC lightweight champion run 30 and 0 or 29 and 0. Oh wow. Yeah, 29 and 0 last beating Conor McGregor and calling it calling it a career. Yep. But now he's a coach. Um, taking over for his father who was the coach until he passed. And um, he's now coached the next the new <laughs> lightweight champion in, in Islam Makachev. Good for and, him. It was wild. I've never seen a crowd so intense. 
Okay. Um, I was trying to explain it to the princess because um, the his, it was uh, so the title had been vacated, um, and so going into this match, neither guy was champion. It was Charles Oliveira against Islam Makachev. Okay. And Charles Oliveira <laughs> is a really likable guy. Okay. Uh, big time baby face, and um, the crowd hated him. And was cheered for Islam Makachev so strong, and the princess didn't understand. She's like, "I don't get it." And I'm like, "You're in Abu Dhabi, and the guy's name is Islam. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course they're behind him. I mean, the whole crowd is, is a bunch of people in, in uh, what are not dashikis, but I, I don't know what that garb is called. But you know, the traditional right. garb over there, right? Uh, like, I mean." The whole crowd, you just see a sea of that. So I'm like, yeah, of course. And they were, they were chanting, Islam, Islam. Like the building was okay. Like shaking. Okay. Okay. So I was like, yeah, of course they're behind him. His name, yeah, number one, he is a Muslim. He's a devout okay. practicing Muslim, like blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, okay. his name is Islam and you're in Abu Dhabi. Like, yes, they're going to be behind him. Okay. Okay. Um, and he won. Second round with a uh, arm triangle trope. Oh, wow. All right. Tap out. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, uh, good stuff there. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, oh, you, <clears throat> as well as October events, <clears throat> you will be uh, in action on the 28th in uh, Denham? Yes. The showcase? No. Oh, I'm sorry. NCW. NCW. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Um, 7 o'clock bell time. 7.30. 7 o'clock doors, 7.30 bell time. Nice. And uh, who are you facing? As of right now, yet to be determined. So, all right. And that TBA. is both a work and a shoot. TBA. Yes, TBA. Okay. Um, funny enough, I, I was a little bit nettled about this. I've not even advertised on the show. <clears throat> oh, the screen on the flyer? Yeah. So you sure you are booked to be on this card? 100% positive. Because no. uh, JC, who uh, is currently in Las Vegas. Okay. Viva Las Vegas. You watching the Raiders out there? I don't know what he's doing. Um, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything by telling people because he posted it pictures on his Snapchat. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I've, that's pretty public, I believe. <laughs> Have you ever um, thought you've been booked on the show and it turned out you weren't booked on the show and you had your gear bag and everything? I've got to think. Well, I've been unbooked from a show. Uh, really? Before, yes. For what? Uh, for showing up late. Um, How late? I was there before the show started. Okay. But I feel like they were trying to prove a point. And uh, they were like, yeah, no, like, we don't need you tonight. What was the time you were supposed to show up? Um, for this particular company, I think their call time is an hour and a half before bell time. And you showed up? Probably 10 minutes before bell time. Ah, uh, wow. So that must, was it awkward? Um, a little bit. So how, break it down. How did they say you uh, got off the show? I mean, I, I walk in, I got my gear bag and everything. And they're like, oh, like you're late. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Like, try, and that was the thing. I, I was coming from New York to New England. Yep. And so I'm like, traffic, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, like, sorry, we've already worked the show out without you. Like, wow. And I was like, okay. I see how so, we're doing this. Was this a show you uh, wrestled, a promotion with, you wrestled with before? Yeah, yeah, pretty regularly. And you, 
And you knew that, and you had a good rapport with the booker? The I promoter? thought I did. Wow. So after that happened, well, first of all, did you just watch the show in attendance or you just went back home? Um, I think I watched the show, but I'm honestly not sure. And did you continue to wrestle with this promotion after the fact? Yes, I did. Okay. Did, it was for, all... Yeah, for me, it was fun. Like, I had no beef with it. Yeah. Like, in all honesty, I was like, you know what? I'm late. Like, that's on me. Like, I know what call time is. I'm like, yes, I came from New York, had traffic difficulties, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But for, for me, and I think this is why I was able to continue to work with them. Like, I, I always treat everything professionally. Right. So I, I didn't take it personally. I was like, I get it. No problem. Like, I, I've, I've had jobs where that's the case. Like, they're like, oh, you didn't show up with the right clothes on or you blah, blah, blah. You get sent home. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I at the end of the day, even though this is indie wrestling, it, it's a professional business. Um, so I had no beef with it. It's funny, the princess was really upset. She was like, really? Like, blah, blah, blah. We came here, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, like, nobody is bigger than the business. I got you. I got you. And I, I guess, uh, you know, everything worked out for the best uh, towards going forward. Because like you said, you still worked with that promotion after the fact. So it was all good. Yeah. Yep. All good. And I guess it was a lesson learned to all wrestlers out there to be on time. Yes, be on time. Or if you're, for some reason, you are running late for legitimate reasons. Yeah. Be communicative. Oh, you, you didn't call to say that you're running late? No, I didn't have anybody's information at that time. Oh, okay. To be fair. Um, that's actually, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was a company that I was booked through the tag team. Okay. Um, and so I wasn't the point of communication for okay. things. Okay. So, so, so yeah, it was kind of a that kind so of another question for upcoming wrestlers to have some sort of number or communicate line of communication. If you do run into <clears throat> any, you know, situation that will uh, have you be running late. Yes, definitely, definitely. Just one of the little things that you, I guess you learn being on the road. Yeah, yeah, just one of those things. It's a lesson of life, and uh, you know, it's one of those. It's like I said, wrestling is no different than any other job, and yep. so you know, there are so many jobs where it's like, yeah, you can't be late, or you know, you've got to wear a certain outfit or yep. what have you, and if you don't, you get sent home. Well, I definitely recommend everybody to install uh, Google Apps to their phone. They have an option where you can set. Uh, an arrival time to say where you, what time you need to be and they'll tell you when you need to leave your destination so you reach that arrival time and I've always gone you know always arrived at whatever I had to be at on time with it because okay. it, it makes adjustments for traffic and all that interesting okay yep uh, so definitely I recommend that for all people in the wrestling business or if you just got in any job interview just or wedding or any event that you need to get to yeah, yeah, just life. But, uh, all right, cool. So, um, hopefully, you will uh, also be on this card. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> on the card, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, JC Marks had uh, sent me a text message right before he left for Vegas. Yep. Um, to let me know that when he gets back, he will let me know what I'm doing. Well, hopefully, he remembers when he does get back because he's in Vegas. <laughs> You know, usually what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so we shall see. Right, right. 
right. Well, uh, all right. Well, we uh, hit our mark. So what is on today's water jug? Yeah, man. Today's a simple one. Life is a gift. Never take it for granted. All right. There you go. There you go. So, uh, yeah. You want to take us out? Yeah, man. Uh, As I transition over to where the ring bell and the uh, ring... um, I'm going to call it the ring apron for now. I'm like... Uh, without giving away the magic behind the scenes of how we do our closing. There we go. But all right. Ah, We have transitioned. We are here. You are here. You're listening to us right now. You can be anywhere in the world, but you're here. You're listening to us for that. We love you. We appreciate you. All of our new listeners all across the world, maybe even across the universe, because we don't know what sort of technology these other uh, planets may have, other galaxies, they might have a way to listen to our broadcasting that we don't have a way to listen to theirs. So uh, so if you're listening on another planet, another galaxy, another dimension, hope you have a great day, great week, great month, even your year. On that note, like we always do about this time, ha <laughs> ha! Love y'all. Peace and chicken grease. One.